uh, we love you and appreciate you all so much. At this time, we'd like to open up with a testimony. So I'm going to call my brother Alex Pacheco. Let's give him a hand as he testifies. Good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you guys. Um, I'd like to share a quick testimony of how good God has been in my life. Um, over the past six months, uh, I've gone from uh, having a new job when and at a time when I needed it uh, so much. Uh, to my wife giving birth to a, a newborn baby and overcoming the struggles that came after, but kept praying and God answered. So uh, I just want to encourage all of you guys to not give up, you know, when it comes to times of need to, you know, just keep praying and God will answer. So I want to share a testimony with you guys. I mean, a verse with you guys. And this is uh, Jeremiah 29 and it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when I seek me, when you seek me with all your heart. So I want to say a quick prayer now uh, so everybody can close their eyes. Dear God, we come to you today, Father, and I want to thank you for all the lovely people that are here today and I pray that the message today just really touches everybody's heart and that they may continue to seek you in times of need. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.
praise with a cry of praise my heart will proclaim let's sing this out you are good oh jesus you are you are good the sun rain the sun rain my life celebrates you are good yes you are good with a cry of praise with a cry of praise, my heart will proclaim You are good, yes, you are, you are, you are good in the sun, in the sun rain, my life celebrates. You are, you are good, yes, you are good. Make every change, make every change. 
Sing it out, there is. There is power. There is, there is. Do you believe this morning there is power? I hear those chains falling. Well, he lets you 
Jesus, we just lift you up in this place. If you're here in this place and there's some chains on you, I just want you to proclaim this and sing this out. Come on, they can be emotional chains. They can be spiritual chains. Come on. They can be financial chains. Come on. We're singing this out in proclamation that those chains are falling. In Jesus' name, I hear those chains. Every voice. They're falling off. Come on and shake it off of you this morning. I hear those chains falling. Cause I hear those chains falling. Oh, yes, we do. Cause I hear those chains
your word this morning. There's freedom in Jesus. Where the sun sets free, it's free indeed. Come on, if there's been addictions, if this is some things you've just been going back to, it's like a cycle of sin. Come on, there's a word for you this morning. There's freedom in this place. Come on, God is seeing you this morning, and he's calling out to you, saying there's freedom in this place. There's freedom in this place. Come on, the chains are falling. Do you believe it? Come on, there's freedom in this place. There is freedom in this place through Jesus. Come on, chains falling. Come on, if that's you, just place your hand over your heart. There's no shame in this place. Come on, place your hand over your heart. Those chains are falling. He wants you to be set free. He wants you to live in grace. He wants you to live in his forgiveness. Come on, those chains are falling now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We have time for one more word in this this morning. Church is only through Jesus. The abundant life is only through Jesus. That's the truth. It's not found in money. It's not found in material possessions. It's found in Jesus. And let me tell you something. Jesus is here this morning. Would you close your eyes with me right now and lift your hands to heaven? We want more Jesus. We want more of you. The abundant life, we can have it. God, we don't have to look for it. You give it to us. You gave it to us through Jesus Christ. We receive right now. Church, would you receive in your own words? Just say, God, I receive what you have for me. Come on. Receive it, Lord. We receive it, Lord. Oh, everything you have for us, Lord. It comes to you. It comes to you. Oh, from our hearts to your hearts.
King of Kings. Come on, church, won't you lift up your hands with me this morning? King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it's all about you. Lord, we declare it's all about you. It's all about your majesty. It's all about your kingdom. It's all about your presence here on earth. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. We acknowledge you as King, dear God, as sovereign King, and we know that it's all about you. Every ounce of our being, this life here on earth, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, 100 years, Lord God, living here in this world, it's all about you, King of Kings. Every moment, every milestone, every precious experience, dear God, is always pointing us back to you. 
every shortcoming, dear God, you're showing us to draw near to you because this is all about you. When we experience the joy of life coming into this world, when we experience heartaches, when we experience our dreams come true, it's all about you. It's all about you. You're drawing us to see that you're the meaning and you're the purpose to this life. So this morning, with arms lifted high, as we sing this one more time, I want you to just think about how every moment in your life has led up to this, to an encounter with King Jesus, to an understanding that he is the purpose and he is the reason for everything. So let's sing this one more time with that heart of thanksgiving, with a heart of rejoicing. One more time, Metro Praise. Jesus be the teacher is waiting in the back for you. You guys excited to be in the house of God? God is good. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Romans 5. Romans 5, 5. I'm sorry, Romans 5, 6. I want to take this time to share the gospel, the good news. Somebody say good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being God Almighty. 
took on flesh, entered this world to save people like you and me. Isn't that powerful? There is a God, the God of this universe, who is bigger than us, who is bigger than time, space, and matter, and does not need us, left glory to enter this world to save people like you and me. People who were lost, people who were ungodly. Ungodly means not like him, but like this world. And he left heaven, he left the glory to come and be our sacrifice. And so that's all of us, myself included, leaders and pastors. We were ungodly, we were sinners. We had no place in God's kingdom, but yet God saw something in us that he wanted and he wanted to redeem us and so the bible tells us in romans 5 6 it says you see at just the right time when we were still powerless somebody say powerless christ died for the ungodly very rarely will someone die for a righteous person though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die but god somebody say but god but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that beautiful? So God put this verse in my heart, and I was, as I was meditating on it this morning, I believe God is saying to me that there's people in this room who want to get close to God, but all you can see is the ungodliness, and all you can see is the sin, and all you can see is the past. And when someone presents to you Jesus Christ, you think, no, that's not for me. I'm too much of a sinner, but I have good news. He demonstrated his love for you on that cross. Amen? So that you no longer have to see that sin. You no longer have to carry the consequences of sin. But you can receive life, and all you see is Jesus. Amen? You no longer have to live in the past, but you can live in the present in abundant life that God has for you. And not just in this life, but for the life to come. Amen? How do you do that? How do you receive that new life? Be born again, my friend. Be born again in the spirit, and God transforms you from the inside out. If that's you this morning, I want you to know there's mercy and there's grace at the cross. He's drawing you near, and you're not here by accident. You're here because God has an amazing plan for your life. Amen? So what I want to do right now is I want to pray for those who don't know Jesus. And I want today for you to make it your goal, make it your effort to cry out, to open up your heart for everything that God has for you, because today will be the day of your salvation. We're going to have prayer workers up here, and if that's you, I want you to come up here, and I want you to pray with them, and they're going to get you connected with discipleship. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your love, your mercy that was displayed on that cross. We thank you that you extend your mercy to all who call upon the name of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that today there will be people, dear God, who would surrender their lives to you. Father, that the decision they make today, dear God, will impact the rest of their life and all of eternity. Lord God, that they would be able to live this life here victoriously, abundantly, dear God, without condemnation and guilt. In Jesus' name. Raise up disciples here in this church. Raise up men and women who would lay down their lives because they've realized, they've understood the love that you've displayed on that cross. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. God is good. Come on, won't you give him some praise for the work he's doing. And please stand up to your feet with me. God is doing a beautiful, a beautiful thing, a powerful thing. And if we just open up our hearts and just receive it, we would live a completely different life. We would receive everything he has for us. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to recite our confession of faith. This is our biblical worldview. This is what we believe. This is what we stand on. So we're going to recite this together on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen and amen. Why don't you greet your neighbors? If you need prayer, our prayer workers are right up here for you.
All right, all right, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Metro Praise. You guys excited to be here in the house of God? Come on, make some noise. God is good. He is amazing all the time. Welcome to Metro Praise International where we have services every Sunday at what time, guys? 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Child service is always provided. And we have our Elevate Youth Service at 7 p.m. Elevate. Come on, God is good. 11 to 18 years old. If you know any youth, please bring them on out every Friday at 7 p.m. We have a quick announcement for you. We're going to get there real quick. Next Sunday is a special Sunday. Somebody say special. We're going to have an ordination service. Our elders, I'm sorry, not elders. We're going to ordain some awesome deacons. Do you guys believe in deacons? Come on, men and women who've decided to serve Jesus. And so we're going to be going through that ordination service. And we're going to have a special worship leader here by the name of Brandon Holt. All right, you guys excited? It's going to be precious. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be an anointed time of worship. So please bring out your friends. Bring out your family members, those who don't know Jesus, to just experience a wonderful time in God's presence. Amen. And so here at MPI, we have a vision. Somebody say vision. What's the vision? Somebody yell it out. Let's say it together. Loving God. Loving people. The two greatest commands that Jesus Christ gave us. And so how do we do that here at Metro Praise? We do it through this strategy of connect, mentor, and send. All right? Want to make sure you're connected to Jesus Christ. He's the Lord and Savior of your life. And then you get mentored, but the connect stage is what we do. That's where we do life groups, okay? You get connected into these places where we share life together. So if you look on the back of your handout, you're going to be able to see a complete list of everything that we offer here at MPI. And here's what's going on this week. Today we have the marriage life group. Come on, married couples, make some noise. And they're actually talking about a hot topic in marriage, so you don't want to miss out, all right? Child care is provided. This Tuesday, we have the Resistance Life Group meeting here at, meeting here at the church at 6 p.m. Wednesday, Righteously Redeemed meeting at that address right there. There you go. Wednesday, King's Kids. Come on, all the parents. Yes. King's Kids is for infant to 11 years old. You can drop off or you can stay here with them. Then Thursday, we have our gang outreach going out to the city, preaching, yes, preaching to the gangs, just seeing just signs, wonders, miracles, people get saved, amazing. Friday, Govea Life Group, uh, my house, Govea Bible Study, yes. We're going through the spiritual growth series as well as the Vivid Bi Vivid's Bible Study, and we're meeting at 7 p.m. So want to make sure you come on out, get connected, and then Saturday as well, we have our evangelism ministry going out to the city of Chicago, preaching the gospel in different neighborhoods in our community. So we have something for everybody. Are you an everybody? Ra everybody raise your hand. All right, we got something for you. I want to see you guys at my house, all right? I want us to pack out the place. I want you to pack out Jerry and Tony's place where we have to meet at the park. We have to start another Bible study because we got to get connected. Somebody say connected. All right, and then the mentored part of our strategy. We want to take you through our one-on-one. -on -one. The one-on-one -on -one is a time where we meet together and we help you grow in your spiritual walk with Jesus, okay? Once you finish the one-on-one, -on -one, you go on to the two-on-one. Somebody say two-on-one. 
All right, that's disciples that make disciples, all right? We want to train you up like mighty Marines to go out because the last part of our strategy is send. Somebody say send. Send, all right? Send you out into the world, send you out in your community, in your workplace. And so a great opportunity to be trained in that as well is Saturday evangelism from 5 to 8. Amen? But we got something for everybody. So connect, mentor, send together. Connect, mentor, Stand. All right. So now let's go over it. A vision of what? Loving God, loving people. Strategy of connect, mentor, send, and a goal of 100,000 disciples here in the city of Chicago. 50 churches here and 500 all around the world. Come on, if you're excited about what God is doing, say amen. All right. Now it's time to get into our tithes and offerings. All right. Tithes is what? 10% of our total income. And so we're about to get into our lesson. If you guys can turn with me. Okay, we are talking about offerings. Lesson number two says there are a variety of ways to give offerings. What is an offering? Anything that we give to God after our tithe. Excuse me. All right, Deuteronomy 12 to 6 says what? There, bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, what you have vowed to give, and your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. Amen. So what is that? Those are offerings that we gave in the Old Testament, right? And so point number one tells us, once we get there, point number one tells us there were various Jewish offerings, all right? So that was the passage that we just read. The Jewish people were commanded by God to give certain offerings for specific situations above their tithe. There was the burnt offering, which was for unintentional sin. The grain offering was an act of worship and thanksgiving for God's provision. The fellowship offering was a form of worship that also included a meal. The sin offering was for the forgiveness and cleansings of sin. Lastly, the guilt offering, which was for the restitution of sins committed. Amen? So that's the Old Testament. Somebody say Old Testament. Now, what is a Christian offering? Now, you and I living, we, we operate in the New Testament, right? What does that mean? The purpose of the New Testament offering is for worship, thanksgiving, and blessing. In other words, the Christian gives offerings because they're blessed to be a blessing. So we give, amen, not under compulsion, but out of being a cheerful giver to God because we love God. We want to give and sow into God's kingdom. So there are a variety of various ways to give. Just like there were a variety of ways to give in the Old Testament, the Christian has a variety of ways to give offerings in the New Testament, mainly to their church or other ministries. Concerning their church, um, I'm sorry, concerning their church, Christians can give to missions, building projects, and charity. Offerings to other ministries can go to anything from humanitarian aid to evangelistic crusades, all right? So there's various ways to give. And so here at MPI, you already know, you can give to building or you can give to the missions fund. You choose what, where God is leading you. And so in summary, what does this mean? Prayerfully seek God. Ask him to lead you into the various offerings you should give after your tithes, whether missions, building fund, etc. Amen? Let's recite this over our lives. Well, before we get there, how do you apply this to your life? Number one, be a faithful tither. Number two, pray and seek God 
for what offerings to give. Number three, be faithful in giving your offerings to God. Amen? All right, let's recite this over our lives. Number one, let's count. One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go to and ministry supplies. We give offering in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. Please stand to your feet if you're excited to give. Come on, tithes, once again, is 10% of your total income. Missions, you can give towards the missions offering or the building offering. And you know that right now we're going through a building fund. So we're raising to make this place look amazing so we can operate in excellence. And so what we're going to do right now as you come up and give, we're going to pray. But before that, here is the scripture that we're going to say together. Oh, and there's four ways to give. You can give in the bucket. You can give on the the drop boxes in the back, you can give with credit card or debit with myself, or you can give online through Chase Quick Pay or PayPal. You guys excited? Come on, here it is, Philippians 4.18. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Father God, we thank you so much because you give the seed to the sower. Father, you give us ability. You give us know-how, dear God, and that's how we're able to provide for our families, dear God. That's how we're able to be a blessing, Father, to our things, to the people around us. So we pray that that seed that you've given us, that blessing and ability you've given us, Father, we would turn back and give to you as an offering, Father, because we have cheerful hearts, because we want to bless the people around us and your kingdom. So we pray that there will be blessings for your people around, that there will be job openings, dear God, that there will be promotions, Father, that you would break off the debt, dear God, that you would give us wisdom and know-how, dear God, to take that out of our lives. In Jesus' name, be glorified through this offering, Lord. We praise you. In your name we pray. And everybody said amen. Please come up as you give.
Let's give it up for Jesus. How many are ready for a baby dedication? Come on. How many are happy that spring has sprung? Come on, you know it's spring when the gringo got himself a tan and got burnt. I'm all burned. It ain't the lights. It is my face. I'm as red as a cherry, a lobster. But I've been having fun. How many of you enjoying the nice weather? Amen. We got to thank God for all things. Amen. And especially Chicagoans better be thanking Jesus for some spring. We better be th saying thank you, Jesus. Well, we are going to do a baby dedication, and I am so thankful to be able to do it. So I'm going to call uh, the Pacheco family to come forward. Come on up here, Alex and Jackie, with their beautiful sons. Come on up here, three beautiful boys loving Jesus. Do you guys love Jesus? Yep. Yes, we do. All right, why don't you guys face this way, everybody, look at them. Now, what's so beautiful is last week we did the baby dedication for the other Pachecos, Brandon and uh, Nancy. It was so good to do it, do theirs. And then today we are doing for these three beautiful young men. This is Damon is the oldest, right? And then Nathan is the second oldest. And then this one's the little baby Nathan. And baby Mason is how old? He is three months going on four next week. It's so awesome. Give it up for them. So at this point, do you guys want to keep trying for a girl, or are you happy at this point? I mean, what are you guys going for? You want ten boys? I mean, tell me your goals. Well, three is an accomplishment for me. Um, I'm not even thinking about number four right now. So we're good at three. Amen. Amen. That's good. What's so exciting about this is that, you know, these two younger ones hadn't got dedicated when they were babies, and we normally do at babies, but since she said, well, let's, when we dedicate the baby, let's do the older ones too. And guess what? That's all part of the plan. Jesus is always blessing children. So open up your Bibles with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6. And if your children have not been dedicated to the Lord, we would love to do it because Jesus made time for children, and so do we. Children are not a nuisance in our church. Their hyperactivity doesn't make us upset. We're excited. We're excited about their hyperactivity because we want to teach them how to use that energy for positive things and for the Lord. Now, last week, because we actually have a back-to-back -back week here of baby dedications, last week we talked about Jesus in Mark 10 blessing the children and the disciples pushing them away, saying, Jesus is too busy for kids. And then Jesus goes, no, 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 no. I'm not too busy for kids because children belong in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is theirs. So this church is never too busy for children either. And we have a wonderful King's ministry, King's Kids Children's Ministry in the back. Amen. And on Wednesdays, it's always doing it. But look at Proverbs 22, verse 6. Put it up on the screen there, please, gentlemen. And as they get ready to do it, I just want to say today, uh, your testimony, Alex, was powerful. Some of the people were not here. Would you put it in just a, a little summary, what you said this morning about what God has done in your life and why you guys are in church and all those good things? Amen. So uh, basically, I just, I wanted to, I was testifying of how great God has been in my life over the past six months. Um, I've been uh, just praying for him. It just so happens he's been answering every single one of my prayers uh, down from, you know, my, my job to uh, having a new newborn baby and, and the, recover the recovery that came after it because uh, it didn't go as perfect as, you know, I wanted. But just I stayed faithful, kept praying to God, and he was able to pull us out of uh, the struggle that we we're going through. So that was pretty much it. Somebody say amen for that. That's what's up. 
See, I think a lot of times in church, we get used to seeing people in church, but we forget that they weren't born in church, right? We, we look at this beautiful family here, and we go, oh, yeah, that's the Pachecos. They love Jesus. They come to church. They're raising their, their children with God. But if that wasn't the case a few years ago. They knew about God, but, you know, I hear some stories about Jackie. I might have to let you hear you share a little bit. But they say you were a little mean at times, you know, but God changed you. And I only say that because that's what your family was telling me. Like, they would come to me, and I'm not going to point any fingers. I'm not going to point any fingers. But they would come to me, and they would be like, oh, I know Jackie got saved because her attitude changed. And I could tell you what I know it's real. Just talk about that because I look at you only as Christian sweet Jackie. What was like sassy Jackie? like and how did God change her um, I mean I was just very anger, angry very bitter and I would take it out on the people that I love the most and once we started coming to MPI that completely changed everything I mean I was Catholic so we only went to church on Christmas and Easter so coming every Sunday has been a blessing because not only did God you know save me he saved my husband and now my kids are following the Lord and I couldn't be more happy awesome Boom. Amen. And if God can do it for Jackie and Alex, God can do it for you. God will do it for anybody that calls on his name and asks for his grace and his power. Look at this scripture. This is uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Do you want to live for Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. Come on. You want to live for Jesus? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to live for Jesus? Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love this family so much. I love them so much. We spent time together. I've gotten to know you guys well, and I know you're training them up. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, consistency is the key. Oftentimes we're tired. We don't feel like doing our Bible studies or taking them to King's Kids or, you know, even just telling them no. Sometimes they'll be watching something on TV. We'll be so tired. We'll be like, ah, I'll just let them watch it. But you know what? When we make those efforts to train them up, to teach them, the Bible says God's going to keep them when they're older. And that's what I hope that my children will say of me and that your children will say of you is that mommy and daddy raised me up the right way. Can I get an amen for that? Let's just pray for them right now. Father, I thank you for baby Mason. I thank you for Nathan, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for each one of them, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that Damon is the oldest and going to set forth that example. I thank you for Jackie as a mother, God, Alex as a father. I just ask you, bless this family. Use them for your glory, God. Strengthen them. Help them to continue to serve you and love you. And may, God, their consistency be an example to all those around them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, can we give it up for the Pachecos? Come on. Amen. You guys may be seated. Thank you. Let's open up our Bibles to 2 Peter. If you're ready for some church, somebody say, I'm ready. Man, I came ready to preach today. I've been out in the sun, and now I'm ready to preach the gospel like as if it was my last sermon of my life. We have been in a sermon series called Spiritual Growth. It's about growing and knowing who you are in Christ and showing the world and today we're going to talk about the subject, spiritual disciplines. Everybody go, ooh. Yeah, it's going to get real. It's going to get real. The last two weeks we've been talking about what it means to grow spiritually and how, how to know who you are on the inside as a spiritual soul and how to let God make you a new person. Somebody say born again. 
Thank you. And that was really the theological foundation about knowing who you are so that you can grow. And now today we're going to get to the nitty gritty. Everybody say nitty gritty. Amen. Are you in Second Peter? If you're there, turn to chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. So good to see our visitors here. We have Desiree's family all the way from Alabama. Desiree's family all the way. Come on, give it up for them. It's a brother and a sister. Hey, come on, give it up for her family. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. I've heard so many good things about you, so many good things. And I'm serious. I have. I have. I'm just saying that. But thank you for bringing them today, Desiree. I got a Desiree and a Desiree. I got to know the difference. Amen. Pray for your pastor. Now look at this scripture right here, man. This is exciting. And if you're a visitor here, even if you haven't come from Alabama, we welcome you. And this is the passage where we get our understanding of spiritual growth. Peter's an apostle. He's somebody we can trust. And listen to what he says. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a God life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires for this very reason everybody say for this reason Thank you. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Come on, look at your other neighbor say, you really need this. <laughs> Come on. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at these powerful verses in summary. Peter is an apostle, and he says, you have received a faith just as precious as ours. So there is no difference in the faith you have today from that of Simon Peter or of the other apostles who walked and talked with Jesus. When you trusted Jesus and believed what he had said was true, faith began to birth in your heart and began to grow. It is the same kind of faith that Peter had, meaning whatever God told Peter to do, Peter could do by faith. Whatever God has told you to do, you can do by faith. If you were that one on the boat asking if that was Jesus and Jesus said, come, you could have walked on water because it wasn't Peter. It was the faith that was given to Peter by Jesus Christ. So what is God calling you to do today? Don't run from it. Don't make excuses. Don't don't say that I'm not able to do it. Say through Christ I can do all things. Believe that there is the word of God inside of you and it's powerful and effective, will not return void. And whatever God says you can do, you can do. Somebody say, I've got faith. 
Amen. And then the Bible says, through faith we have grace and peace. Grace means the favor of God is upon our life. Peace means that we're restored to fellowship with God. Irene in the Greek, tranquil, without storm. We are filled with God's favor, filled with God's peace. Then the Bible goes on to say that his divine power has given us not some things, but what? Everything we need for a godly life. You may have had what you needed to live a life like somebody you saw on TV. You might have had everything you needed to live like a movie star, to to wild out, to do bad things. You might have had everything you needed to be perverted. You might have had everything you needed to be crazy in this world. But the Bible says when you became born again, you have everything you need for a godly life. So is there any sinner here that has no excuse, that has an excuse to not live godly? Can any sinner now say, I don't have faith? No, God says, I'll give you faith if you want it. And then if that sinner says, well, now that I've got faith, I don't have what it takes to live a godly life. No, that's a lie. God said, I'll give you everything that you need. Amen? Every command in the Bible is for you and I to follow. You cannot look at one command in the Bible and say, I don't have the ability to do it. God said, you have faith as precious as Peter, and you have everything you need for a godly life. Now, how many want to live a godly life? Not a Lady Gaga life, but a godly life. Hello. Not a Donald Trump life, but a what? A godly life. Somebody say a godly life. Now, the Bible says that that godly life puts you in a participation with the divine nature. As I said before, you were born naughty by nature, but you have been born by divine nature, born again. Born once into the naughty nature of sinfulness from Adam and Eve and born again into the divine nature. As surely as you shared in Adam's sinfulness, you now share in Christ's righteousness. Does anybody believe that? I wish I could just walk down each row and just ask you, do you believe? Do you believe you're righteous in Christ Jesus? Do you believe you're participating, dancing with the divine? Do you believe today that the Spirit of God is in you crying out, Abba, Father, showing that you have been adopted, you are a child of the King? When you were born of your earthly parents, you shared their earthly fleshly nature, which came from Adam and Eve and sinful. When you were born of the Father by Jesus' blood through the Spirit, you share in His nature. That doesn't mean you're another God. That doesn't mean you're omnipresent, omnipotent, or, or, or all-knowing, omniscient. But it means that you share in the moral characteristics of God himself. Jesus said, be perfect, for your heavenly Father is perfect. Peter said again in his letter, be holy, for I am holy. And that refers back to the Old Testament. I am who God said I am because of what he did for me. Jesus took the sin I deserved so that I could take the righteousness that he earned, that I can now participate in a divine nature. Stop making the excuse you were born a sinner. Oh, pastor, I was born this way. Get born again another way. Amen. Well, I was born angry. Get born again with peace. Well, pastor, I was born perverted. Get born again holy. Pastor, I was born uh, uh, homosexual. Well, get born who Christ made you to be, pure in your sexuality. I believe in a transformational born-again relationship with Jesus. Does anybody else believe it? As surely as Jesus raised from the dead, my life has been changed. Has anybody else's life been changed? For this reason, now you understand. For what reason? For the reason that I have faith as precious as Peter. For the reason that now I've been given grace and peace. For the reason that I've been given everything to live a godly life. For the very reason that I participate in the divine nature. Summarize, singular reason, because I've been born again. Because of those things, I am to make every effort to add to my faith these seven things. See, faith is what saves us. But faith has attributes that must grow with us in our Christianity. And these are those seven attributes. Goodness. Somebody say goodness. What's the next one? 
What's the next one? Self-control, what's the next one? Come on, and godliness, what else? Mutual affection. And the last one is love. Look what the Bible says. If you possess these things in increasing measure. Somebody say grow up before God throws up. Amen. You better grow up before God throws up. Stop making excuses, Christians, to live like the world. Christians should live like Jesus. And you have faith as precious as Peter. So add these things to your life. Because if you possess them and you keep growing in them, increasing in them, you'll never be ineffective. You'll never be unproductive. Have you ever seen a Christian, so-called, whatever, so-called, quote-unquote, Christian, be ineffective, unproductive? Yes. Is it God's fault? No, it's their fault. They were given faith as precious as Peter. They didn't work the word, so it didn't work for them. And now the Bible says that they're nearsighted and blind. Do I believe you can walk away from Jesus? Absolutely. Some people call it lose your salvation, but I like it better walking away from Jesus because you can lose your keys and not know where they are. But when you walk, you know what you're doing. You can face Jesus and be walking with Jesus, walking on the paths of righteousness, and then turn and walk away. Judas walked away from Jesus. He became nearsighted and blind. He didn't want to add to his faith. He had faith as precious as Peter. Both him and Peter denied Jesus. What's the difference between Peter and Judas? Judas quit. Judas turned his back on Jesus and hung himself. Don't kill yourself spiritually. Live for Jesus. Even if you sin, get up and repent. The Bible says, though a righteous man or woman falls seven times, they get back up and repent. Can I hear an amen for that? But if you don't, you're nearsighted and blind. You're blind to what's in this world. You're nearsighted because all you can see is 80 years and not heaven and eternity. My friend, if you understood what hell was, you'd be at this altar repenting today. If you knew the glories of God, you would be at this altar repenting today. It's because you're nearsighted and blind. All you can see is the lake, your education, and your family. And my friend, you're a fool because you're keeping what you cannot have for eternity. You might as well give it up for Christ so you can have it all in the end. Whoever holds on to their pennies here loses it in the end. But those who give up their momentary things here gets eternity and then some. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. If you forget you've been forgiven of your past sins, you will suffer an eternity in hell. That is the truth. And then lastly, we see, my brothers and sisters, that you are to make every effort to confirm your calling and election. How many brothers and sisters in Christ do I have here today? Amen. Well, then Peter is talking to all of you, and he's talking to me. Let us confirm our election. Let us confirm our calling. That means Jesus has said, I have called you to be holy. I have called you to live by faith. I have called you to keep my commands. And you're supposed to say, I confirm that, Jesus. Yes, sir, I will do that. You are my Lord, not money, not what's in my wallet, but what's in my heart controls my life. Not what's in my head, but in my heart. Hello, I live for Jesus. For if you do these things, what are those things, those things we just learned, those seven attributes of our growing faith, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. And I talked about stubbing your toe and stumbling last week as an example. I literally did it this week. I literally stumbled and fell. I have a lazy boy next to my bed, and it only has about a foot clearance. And I was going, and my foot, about three of my littlest toes, snagged right onto the edge of my bed frame. And it just went through every single one of them. And literally, I stumbled right onto my bed. Then I started to cry and scream out. And I'm kidding. And then I said to myself, this hurts. I don't ever want to do this again. What was I thinking? And I remembered this passage. If I live for Jesus, I'll never stumble over pornography. 
I don't have to. Somebody says, well, pastor, what if I do sin? Well, be forgiven and stop sinning. Jesus told the woman caught in adultery, there's no accusers here. You're not getting stoned. But what did he say to her? He said, go and sin no more. He didn't say to the woman caught in adultery, hey, now that you didn't get stoned, there's a little game we can play, and it's called get out of jail free. Here you go. I'll keep forgiving. You keep sinning. He didn't say that to her. He said, no, go and sin no more. Do you want to stumble and sin anymore? Have you stumbled since being a Christian? Yeah, you probably have, but have you made a decision? I don't want to stumble. See, the heart determines where your behavior will go. Today I've determined I don't want to stumble into adultery, and my wife trusts me to do that. I think we should be uh, committed to Jesus and not commit adultery with him. Can I hear an amen? I'll show you spiritual adultery. How many want to see spiritual adultery in the Bible? These are these free things that I give you. And this, this is the intro to the intro. I still got to do a review from last couple of weeks. Amen. Haven't even got to preaching yet. Okay, go to uh, James chapter 2. Go to James chapter 2, and I want you to see this. If you love Jesus, say amen. If you love the word, say amen. All right. Is it chapter 4, my brother? There we go. You know I need your help when I go on the fly. Look at this. He's talking to Christians. The book of James is written to Christians, and it says, you adulterous people. What kind of people? You awesome people. No, you what kind of people? See, Jesus loves us enough to tell us the way it is. I believe uh, James was Jesus' half-brother. He knew Jesus better than you and I would ever know, and he knew what Jesus was like. And he's looking at these Christians, and he's going, you ain't nothing like Jesus. See, uh, Mary wasn't a perpetual virgin. She had children after. And James was his brother, and so was Jude. And Jude and James knew Jesus, and they hung out with Jesus. And James is now looking at these Christians going, no, 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 what? You're supposed to be a Christ-like person? No, you look nothing like him. You're an adulterous person. You're cheating on him. Hello, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. See, my friends, do not take the Bible lightly. You cannot remain neutral in this war. There is a war between heaven and earth. Heaven has already won. Earth and the judgment upon Satan has been delivered, and his time is short, and he will soon be cast into hell. If you stay with the treacherous world and the, tra- the, 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 the uh, traitor Satan, you will suffer for eternity. Turn your back on the world and come to Jesus. But if you turn your back on Jesus and turn to the world, you are God's enemy. Hell is not for God's friends, and Jesus will not be crying when you go there. He'll be rejoicing that you go there because it was your choice. How many know that Jesus rejoices when punishment comes? Some of you think Jesus is going to feel bad. Jesus will not feel bad for you going to hell. Go to Psalms 2. Somebody say, tell it. Upon this earth, Jesus feels bad for sinners. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying judgment day. When judgment comes, Jesus is not going, I wish we would have been friends. I just wish it would have worked out. No. No. No, Jesus is rejoicing. Go. Angels will be rejoicing. You'll be rejoicing. You'll be rejoicing. If your mother didn't know Jesus, she's on her way to hell. You'll be clapping. Praise God to whom the, 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 blood, of, the blood of the Lamb, from whom all blessings flow. Praise his name. Because you will see your mother for what she was. You'll see your father for what they were. A traitor against their creator. Traitor against the creator. Somebody can tweet that. Psalm chapter 2, verse 1, why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up against, uh, the, and the rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. The word Christ means anointed one. 
This means the Lord and Christ. Let us break their chains, throw off their, their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven does what? Laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. Terrifies them. You'll be terrified of God on judgment day without the blood of the lamb covering you. Listen, my friend. If you're an adulterous Christian today, repent. Your eternal soul is at stake. He says, I have installed my king. This is a king that has all authority. In Matthew chapter 8, uh, 28, after Jesus raised from the dead, he told us how much authority that he had. You need to take it seriously because if you're not following his authority, you deserve hell fire. Look at it. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. Everybody say all authority. In heaven and on earth has been given to me. Old Testament is what we're reading now is a prophecy of what Christ would do. He has now done it. Therefore, go and make disciples of how many nations? All the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If you do not become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're in treason against heaven. You will perish when the king comes. Do you understand that? It's quiet when I preach like this. You can say, oh my, or oh me, or amen, but I think amen is better. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the end of the earth your possession. Now listen to this. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. You will dash them into pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, you presidents, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. If I'm as a pastor supposed to warn our aldermen's and presidents and kings, don't you think I ought to warn you? Amen? This, this is the introduction to the introduction. The message will be a lot more happier than this. But I'm asking you, shouldn't I warn you? Therefore, you kings, metro praise, you Chicagoans, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule. See, here's the word. Celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or lest he becomes angry. And your way will lead to destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Can I show you the rejoicing in the end? Can I hear an amen? This is the word. Revelation chapter 22, or rather, Revelation chapter 21. Let's go to 20. Here we go. Revelation chapter 20. Look at it. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place from them. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The, ju the dead were judged according to what they had done. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. And look at this right here. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Do you see that? The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone's name who was not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Does everybody see that? Where do adulterous Christians go? Where do sinners go? Now watch. Then these things happen. Now watch right here. Praise God. Now New Jerusalem comes down. He wipes away every tear. There will be no more death or mourning for the old things have passed away. I'm making everything new. And then look at this. He goes, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, see if you're a coward not wanting to serve Christ, the unbelieving, you claim to be wise, but you're a fool. The vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magical arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Can I hear an amen to that? 
Now let me show you them praising God in heaven. Just and true are your ways, O Lord. Anybody hear that? Look at Revelation chapter 15, verse 3. It's the song of, it is the song of uh, Moses, the same song that he sung when the people were destroyed in the Red Sea. You remember when they got destroyed in the Red Sea? Does anybody remember the Egyptians getting destroyed in the Red Sea? Let me just say what I'm thinking. I know I didn't complete that sentence. When the Egyptians got destroyed in the Red Sea, the Israelites were not sitting going, oh, I feel so bad for them. Oh, poor Pharaoh, poor Pharaoh. I wish I had a tambourine. Miriam grabbed the tambourine and started jumping around and started celebrating. And then this is the song of Moses. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring to your name glory? For you alone are holy, and all nations will come and worship before you, and for your righteous acts have been revealed. That's what you're going to say when you see hell open wide and all the cowardly, unbelieving, vile people going there. You will sing just like Miriam and Moses did, rejoicing that God has judged this wicked world. So you have a choice today. You can find allegiance to your family. You can find allegiance to your job, to your education. Or you can find allegiance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, because hell is hot and heaven's not. I've decided I'm going to heaven. I decided that I will not be nearsighted and blind. I'm going to grow up before he throws up. Can I show you that scripture? I just want to show it one more time. Just got to show you introduction to the introduction. I got so much I got to talk about today. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. I'm glad you came to a church that gets real. The same kind of adulterous Christians Jesus addresses in, in Revelation 3.16. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about ready to spit you out of my mouth. If you are here today and you are a lukewarm, adulterous Christian, repent before your judgment comes. Amen. Now how many are ready for the introduction? Amen. That was just the explanation of the scripture. Now i got to go into the introduction here. Here's the review about our sermon series. Here's the review. Spiritual growth is knowing and showing your transformation. Think of it like this. The process of transformation by which the disciple increases in their knowledge of God and shows it by living holy is spiritual growth. Faith, that precious faith that Peter said that we have, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it is the gift that God has given to all who willingly receive the word of God. And because I love the word of God, I want you to see that passage. Ephesians chapter 2, I can't read it enough. Is anybody here tired of Ephesians chapter 2? I hope you don't get tired of this passage because it is the benchmark or it is the cornerstone rather of the foundation of our faith alone for salvation. I don't earn my salvation. I'm no better than you. I'm just better off than you if I'm going to heaven and you're going to hell. Hello? You may say Jesus loves me just the way I am. That's right. And he loves you too much to let you stay that way. Amen? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at now in those who are disobedient. So according to the Bible, is there a spirit in those who are disobedient right now? Now, does that mean they're, they're demon-possessed? 
No, but it means they are under an influence, a mindset of Satan. Sex before marriage is, is a demonic lie. You may not be filled with the demon to do it. You may want to do that all by yourself. I understand I did it too, but listen to me. That mindset comes from Satan himself. It's rebellion against God and his created order. The ones who lie, steal, those who commit adultery, those who are bitter, those who are adulterous, I mean idolatrous. You see, this is of the influence of Satan. And it says the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. If you have a relative that still prays the saints, are they hearing from the Holy Spirit or a spirit from the devil that is at work and those who are disobedient? Who is telling them to pray to those saints? You can say it or not. I'll say it for you. The devil. El Diablo. The Holy Spirit will never tell you or anyone you know to pray to a dead person. Does the Holy Spirit, listen friends, it's okay if I offend you. I didn't come to be your friend. I came to be your preacher this morning. Did, will the Holy Spirit ever tell you or one of your relatives to put flowers at a statue of the mother of Guadalupe or the Virgin Mary? Did, will the Holy Spirit ever tell you to do that? So what spirit is that? Okay, now let's take it out of false religion. Will the Holy Spirit ever tell you to have sex before marriage, look at pornography, withhold your tithe and offering, to be bitter and unforgiving, to look at a horoscope, to put sexual things before your eyes in entertainment? Will the Holy Spirit ever tell you to do those things? So if you ever do those things, what spirit are you of? Now that's the Bible. It's up to you whether you and I believe the Bible. Some people say, well, I'll, I'll be a sinner all by myself. I don't believe in God. Well, you're one of the worst kinds of sinners. You're a fool because even the Bible says the demons believe in God and shudder when they hear his name. While you're not believing in God or the devil, I've cast out demons in Jesus' name. And I've watched real demons get cast out of people. And listen to me, they know the name of Jesus. So if you hear somebody that says, I don't believe in God or the devil, you've met a fool. And the Bible says... The fool says in their heart, there is no God. They profess to be wise, but they become fools. Now listen to this. All of us, somebody say, all of us. Look at your neighbor and say, this really is for you. Come on, all of us, you, me, everybody, used to live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts, and like the rest, we were by nature deserving of. Without Jesus' salvation, where would I be right now? And hell, wrath, without Jesus and his salvation, where would you be right now? Hell, but because of his great love for us, how many know God loves you? You see, now you're ready to understand the love of God. The love of God is not your permission to keep on sinning and say, well, he just loved me. Well, if that works, why don't you try that with your wife or husband? They just love me when I got two girlfriends. See how that works. Hello? But because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we are dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been. So how does a sinner get saved? How does a Muslim get saved? How does a saint praying Roman Catholic get saved? How does the Pope get saved? How does your grandma get saved? How do I get saved? By grace, hallelujah, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. My body may be here, but my spirit is where God is, hallelujah, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. If you don't want to meet angry Jesus on the day of judgment, meet kind Jesus right now. 
If you don't want to meet fiery break you to pieces, Jesus, in Revelation, then meet the grace-filled, cross-bearing Jesus, blood-pouring out Jesus right now because he will save you Woo! and transform your life. I got saved November 5th, 1995. I didn't join a religion. I used to call up them telephone lines for prayer and Christian TV networks, and I would make fun of them high on drugs. I got high around church, made out with girls in church. I know what happened to me November 5th, 1995. I didn't shake a preacher's hand. I didn't go to a Bible study. I didn't go somewhere and sign my name and become a member, get baptized. I met Jesus. Have you met Jesus? You'll meet him and know him. He is full of grace and he is full of truth. He is full of love and he is full of judgment. You will learn to respect and honor him and live for him because it's not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Is somebody here God's masterpiece? Can I hear an amen? It says in another version, we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. You can no more make yourself a Christian than you can make yourself a chicken, balk and lay an egg. You can no more make yourself godly than you can make yourself an eagle and fly out of here and nest on top of the Sears Tower today. You, my friend, are only a sinner in your own effort, but by the effort of Christ you can become his masterpiece made new and do the good things that he did for you. I didn't come to talk about sin to sinners. I came to talk about holiness to saints. Is there anybody here that wants to live the God kind of life and grow up spiritually? Woo! Is there anybody that wants to do what Jesus said we can do? To have faith as precious as Peter's and add to it daily and increasing measure goodness and self-control and knowledge and godliness. And make no excuses for our failures. There should be no hypocrisy in the church. When we sin, Christians should be the first to say, I have fallen short of the standard of Jesus Christ, but I can be forgiven so that I might live holy. I don't ask for forgiveness so I can keep slapping the crucified Savior and spit upon his blood-stained face. I ask for forgiveness that I can live as a son or daughter worthy of the calling and the election that he gave me. I am proud and humbled at the same time to say I am participating in the divine nature created in Christ Jesus to do good things. I am so proud in the sense of I am honored and yet I am so humbled that he would choose somebody like me and demonstrate in me that he can do it in the worst of sinners and make us a saint. The Bible says shining into the light of day shining for the glory of God. Is there any other saints shining as the light of the world, as he said? He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Here are those seven attributes of a godly faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. How many want to increase in those seven things? How many want to see God grow you up in those seven things? You're tired of being out of control? You're tired of doing an eye for an eye. You want to have mutual affection, brotherly love. You're tired of giving up. How many are ready to quit their quits? How many are ready to live holy for God and say, though none go with me, I still will follow? Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, if you're not here next week, I'll still be here. Come on, tell somebody like you mean it. Say, I'm following Jesus. 
to hell with the devil. There's nothing in hell for me. I don't want to go where the devil's going. I want to go where Jesus is. He said, my kingdom will come upon this earth as it is in heaven. Is there anybody that wants to be a roof breaker, a world changer, and a history maker? Is there anybody that wants to rattle the gates of hell and say, I'm coming here to plunder hell and populate heaven? Because Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. I want to be a part of a devil's stomping church, amen, that loves Jesus and changes the world. I don't want to give you some weak, powerless gospel. I want to give you the gospel with its full strength. Listen to me, some of you who got offended. Listen to me. Would you rather me tell you a lie that feels good or a truth that bothers you and brings you to a change? You see, what if I told you somebody, see, right now my dad had some melanoma in his skin, had to get it taken out, and they're going to be seeing if there's traces of cancer. Listen to me, that doctor, when they first tested his skin, they could have came in that day and said, oh, Jim, we're just so happy. We didn't find anything there to be concerned about. And could have lied to my dad and could have allowed him to continue on with that melanoma and it could have surely turned into cancer. But you see, that doctor had to come and tell the truth and say, no, we see something here. There's a problem. There's something that we don't like and we got to get it out. And we got to cut your skin open and we're going to have to numb it and then we're going to have to sew it up and there may even be a scar. There, but it's going to be worth it for your benefit. You see, you may have one bad day to have a lifetime, a lifetime of blessing, but you better be ready to face it. And that's what it's like sometimes when we come to Jesus. And I don't even consider it a bad day to repent of my sin. But I'm just telling you, if some of you get offended, I would rather you have this as a bad day and repent and experience the joys of Jesus Christ than for you to go to hell thinking there's nothing wrong with you. Get the sin out. Get the cancer out. Jesus came to give you a new heart. I want to show you that in the Bible. Can I show you that in the Bible? I just love asking you if I can show you stuff. It's like my little sassy way. But how many love the Bible? How many want to work the word today? Somebody say, work it. This is what he promised in Ezekiel. I will give you a, a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Oh, but I get them so hurt on the inside. Well, let Jesus heal you on the inside. Well, I just don't think I can do it my past. Get past your past and step into the future God has for you. I'm not saying it's been, hard, been easy. Of course it's been hard. But Jesus didn't die on the cross to give you some weak Sunday school religion that your grandma might have went to and never got changed. Jesus Christ came to give you a real Holy Ghost relationship that changes hearts and changes lives. He came to reach one hand in the gutter and the other to glory and bring us to himself. He came to get us out of this human limitation to show us what it's like to live for Jesus Christ. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. How many want to be, be moved by the Lord? How many want to be careful to keep his laws? Can I hear an amen? Now, I want you to hear this today. Spiritual growth is easy as one, two, three. Here it is. You want to grow up? I want to grow up. The first thing we got to do is believe who Jesus is. Peter says he's our great God and Savior. Do you believe that? If you don't believe Jesus is your great God and Savior, you are under the penalty of God. And I'm not going to spend more time talking about the wrath of God. I don't have to scare the hell out of you to want you to go to heaven. Amen. But I hope you would get the hell scared out of you and know about Jesus and know there's something better for you. But here's the bottom line. Do you believe Jesus is God and our Savior? He is God the Son, eternally 
with the Father. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. All things were created by him. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That is our Jesus. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have beheld his glory. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only Son, who has been at the Father's side, has revealed him to us. That is John 1, 1 through 5, 14 and 18. The book of John teaches us about the divinity of Christ, the uniqueness of God's nature, being God is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And yet Jesus takes on flesh for what purpose? To die on the cross and be our Savior. That's why if you reject him or don't accept him, you have already sentenced yourself to hell. And so today, I accept him as my God and Savior. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he was eternally with the Father in heaven. And I believe that on the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Spirit. Does anybody else believe that? And I believe that when I go out and preach and teach, I am to baptize in the singular name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of them share the same divine name. In the Old Testament, the divine name for God was Yahweh. You see it as capital L-O-R-D in the Old Testament. That is the continence, Y-H-W-H, pronounced Yahweh. It says here, therefore go, in verse 19, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the what? The name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that one divine name, Yahweh, Moses said, who should I say sent me? God said, tell them I am that I am has sent me. That is where that name came from. We now see that the name Yahweh encompasses the person of the Father, the person of the Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit. There are not three Yahwehs or three gods. There is one Yahweh that is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not one Yahweh in three pieces. It is one Yahweh, each person separate, sharing eternally and in all-encompassing the nature of God. Not three gods, nor three parts of God. One God and three persons. Triune. Not hearing amen to that. Number two, you have to believe that you are who Jesus said you are. That means without Christ, you're a sinner. You don't argue with him. But with Christ, you admit that I've been given everything I need for a godly life, and I'm a partaker in the divine nature. So that means if you're a Christian here today, you share in the same kind of nature that Jesus was given at his virgin birth to live a life holy and pleasing to God. Is there two kinds of divine natures? There's only one kind of divine nature, and Jesus has shared it with you. Can I show you that scripture? Okay, I, I think I've lost some of you. How many want to see the Bible again? Can I hear an amen? Thank you. Go to 2 Corinthians. How many know 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17? Who knows it by heart? Can say it out right now if you know it. Come on. You know this scripture. It's a powerful verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is where? Are you waiting to become new in heaven? The new is where? Here, right now. Now continue reading this powerful passage. He's making a point. How can you be new in this world? How can a sinner be changed into a saint? How can this happen? Why? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Were you a sinner without Christ? No argument there. Now in Christ are you the righteousness of God. 
Why is it I can talk sinners into being sinners, but I can't talk saints into being saints? I could tell a sinner right now, if you don't have Christ, you're a sinner. And they'd probably go, yeah, 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 you're right. I get it. I don't follow these commands. They'll admit it. But I tell a Christian right now, you're the, you're the righteousness of God. You're a saint in Jesus Christ. You are a holy one, made perfect as your father's perfect, made holy as he is per, as holy. And they look at me and say, I don't believe that. I feel kind of messed up. I don't really believe that. How many know that's what, the, what, what they act like? See, look what the book of Hebrews says. It's a complimentary scripture. Hebrews 12, 23 is complimentary to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made. How did your new spirit come? Imperfect or perfect? You are righteous, and your spirit has been created perfect in Christ. You say, Pastor, what about my soul, my mind, will, and emotions? What has happened to that? We're reading 2 Peter right now, but in 1 Peter, it says that your soul has been purified. You're, look at this, like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so you can grow up in your salvation. Everybody say, grow up. You've got to grow up in your salvation so that you can do the things that God called you to do. Somebody find purified for me. I want you guys to see, I believe it's chapter 1 then. Oh, chapter 1, verse 23. Now that you have yourselves, which is actually your soul. Let me show you in a, uh, let me show you in a different translation first, because that word there is soul, 1 Peter 1, 22. You have purified your souls. Your spirit has been made perfect. You're a new creation in the righteousness of God. Do you believe it? Here's in the King James. Seeing you have purified your, and obeying the truth through the Holy Spirit unto unfeigned love of the heart. See to it that you love one another with a, Pure heart, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I just want to get a survey across here. Don't lie in church. Ain't no reason to lie for a pastor. Amen. Just be honest. How many of you have been born again? Raise your hand. Those of you with your hands raised, how many believe your new creations? How many believe your spirit has been made perfect? How many believe your soul has been purified? How many believe you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? How many believe today you can do what he said you can do? Now let's give glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know why he would do it. He could have started over and sent us all to hell, but he did it. Only explanation that he gives us in the scripture, which I think is the greatest explanation, but it just, it just the words fail us to understand it, but he says God is love. It says God is love, and then Ephesians says no one knows the height of God's love. No one knows the depths of God's love. How many places did God dig, dig down deep to get you out of? No one knows the breadth of God's love, how he's followed humanity to gather us all in. No one knows that love, and we can only increase in it more and more, but I pray you get to know You know, we can't know it in its fullness, but I pray we get to know it more and more every day because that's the only explanation that I can give you is why God would love a sinner like you, like me why he would be so merciful to us, why he would let us partake in his divine nature. You know, our God could have been like the God of Islam, Allah, who simply says, in this world, I'll never talk to you. I'll only come through an angel. You know, Muhammad's greatest revelation with Allah came through the angel Gabriel. He never met him face to face. Even the least among our prophets met Jesus. Hello. Even the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is what we call a Christophany, Christ appearing before his virgin birth. Moses saw Jesus. Do you believe that? Abraham saw Jesus in Genesis chapter 18. Enoch went to meet with Jesus and never came back. Hello. Gideon saw Jesus. Now watch this. 
in the book of the Quran, it says that he is a father to no one. He neither begets nor has he begotten himself. And yet our God sends his only begotten son so that not only he can relate to us but be with us. When Jesus sat down with the woman at the well, that was God sitting with man like he did once in the Garden of Eden. The reason why he had to be born of a virgin was so that his glorious spirit would not kill us. So he literally took on flesh and earth suit to veil his divine power. But he did that so he could sit with us, so he could be merciful to us. Could you imagine that, the woman at the well? Just any old woman here, come on, just imagine. You're just getting water, and here comes Jesus. How about any old man here today? I'm a fisherman. That's why I got burned, by the way, fishing. I never caught anything, but I, had, I caught a sunburn, right? But I had fun. But watch this. Could you just imagine men here? Could you just imagine the Son of God walking down the shores of your sea, the one that you work at, you're mending your nets, and Jesus just came to you, comes to you, and says, hey, come on. I want to show you something. I want to show you my kingdom. Come follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Even Muhammad said on the day of judgment, he's not sure if he's getting in, because that day he'll get his works judged by scales. And yet the Bible says today all Christians can be sure of their salvation, because it's not of works, it's by the grace of Jesus Christ. I deserve death, but he gave me life. I deserved his wrath, but he gave me a divine nature. I deserved his rejection, but he gave me acceptance. I deserved hell, but he gave me heaven. Hello. Now do you believe you can do what God called you to do? Those are those seven things we're going to grow in. Now here's the clarifications that we need to know. And I got to get to the message today quickly. Come on, somebody say preach it. I'm taking too long on the introduction. I really am. I really, really am. I got a message to preach. When we became righteous, I want you to understand this. As a Christian, you're not growing to become a better person but rather you're learning to act like the person God already made you to be. When my son Lucas was born, he was already a Wyrostic. He doesn't have to do good things to become a Wyrostic. He just needs to confirm the calling of a Wyrostic and act like a Wyrostic. When you got born again, you got the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You don't get more than that. You just learn how to live like that. When you were made holy, there isn't different degrees of holy. You were just made holy. Now live holy. First comes being, then comes doing. Your spiritual sanctification, your holy being. Everybody say holy being. Say I be holy. Amen. Came first at salvation. So now you can have continual behavioral transformation, which is holy doing. I am not doing to be. Because I be, I can do. Because I be holy, now I can do holiness. Because I be a child of God, I can do things of a child of God. He made me his masterpiece first to do the good work second that he prepared for me to do. First, you are created with the engine, the car, and the wheels. Then you're commanded to take a road trip with Jesus. He does not ask you to keep his law so that piece by piece you can be put together. You start off put together, and then there you grow. That is who Christ called us to be. I'll show you that in the Bible too, and I'll stop asking if you want to see it. I'll just show it to you. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says who we be. Is anybody be is anybody a holy person here today? Is anybody here sanctified? That's the only way you can get in. There's no other way. The unholy can't go to heaven except for the moment of judgment and to be cast in hell. They can't stay. The unholy cannot stay in heaven. Only the holy can stay. 
Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. There's another apostle, Paul, by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth, to those, what? Sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be his holy people. The Bible clearly says that no unholy person can come and stay. No unclean thing will be there. Isaiah. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. Look at Isaiah, chapter 52 with me. Look at how it teaches us here that no unclean thing will enter into the presence of God. No unclean thing, no unholy thing. Isaiah, chapter 52. Let's go here to what verse was it? Thank you. Isaiah, chapter 52, verse 11. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. How many want to be on the winning side that day? Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing, come out from it, and be what? Be pure. Another word for that is be holy. You who carry the articles of the Lord's house, but you will not leave in haste or go out in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. Now watch this right here. I want to show you another scripture because that actually wasn't the one that I was looking for. I want to show you this before we go. No unclean thing will journey upon it. The highway of holiness. Anybody ever hear of the highway of holiness? Which one? Turn with me to Isaiah 35. Which verse? Man, you're the man. Let's give it up for Pastor Jared. And the highway will be there. It will be called, just edit that part out, right? I'm kidding. And, I'm kidding. And the highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness or the highway of holiness. Look at the King James. Those of you who are used to the old school. And it will be called the way of holiness. One of these verses. Let's see the New, new American Standard, New Living rather. A great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will not travel on it. It will only be for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. What did Mr. T say about a fool? I pity a fool because you're going to hell. I'm being honest. I love you so much. I want to tell you where fools go. Do you want to go where a fool goes? No, you don't. Neither do I. So those clarifications should help us. How many are ready for the message? I want you to look up at this chart. I got to preach for these last few moments the message, and it's okay because if you've been following us last couple of weeks, I keep pushing the ball a little bit further. I'm not going for a Hail Mary on this series. I'm going for just first downs, just inching the ball forward, and I'm prepared to go through spiritual growth series the whole summer. Is that okay? Because I want us to grow up. I want us to be all that God called us to be. I want us to understand who we are in Christ and what we're called to do. Have I sinned since being a Christian? Yes, but I want to repent and not sin anymore. That is my heart. Do you want to live holy? Now, holiness is not just for the sake of saying, I don't do bad things. It's actually for the good things that Christ called us to do. When Christ says don't tell a lie, it's because there's the good thing of telling the truth. When he says don't commit adultery, it's because of the good thing of marriage. When he says don't steal, it's because of the good thing of working with your hands and earning it. How many believe in that? When he says don't be bitter, it's because of the good thing of forgiveness. Your forgiveness towards your enemy will do more to their transformation than your hatred ever will. 
Think about that. That's another tweetable moment. But I want you to understand this today. The commands of God to be holy is not just not to sin. I just don't sin. I just, I just sit in my house all day and don't hurt nobody, don't lie, steal, cheat, whatever. No, it's to show the glory of God upon this earth. It's to reflect his image. It's so that when people see me, they go, man, you remind me of somebody. Man, you remind me of that guy, Jesus, I read about. Because you forgive like Jesus. You love like Jesus. You sacrifice like Jesus. Your family, man, your family reminds me of somebody. Your family, man, your family reminds me of God. Your family reminds me of unity with humility and power and submission. You know, your, your family reminds me of, of God. You know what the family represents the Trinity? He said he made us in his image, male and female, male and female coming together, become one, echad in the Hebrew. That is the same way that the Father and the Son came together and sent the Holy Spirit. Not that the Holy Spirit is birthed out of them or was created, but the idea is there is unity in them, yet they are separate persons. There is unity in my marriage, yet we are the same spiritually. That is the image of God. He said he made us in his image, male and female. He created them. That will blow your mind if you think about it. The idea is to show God in our family, to show God in our work, to show God in our children that we would know him. So what do I need to know? Who he is. He is God and Savior. I need to know that I share in the divine nature. I need to know that I can do all things through Christ. I can keep his commands. Now through that knowing, I can begin to show who God is to the world and how I'll develop those things that we've learned and need to grow in is I'll develop it through what we call spiritual disciplines. Everybody say spiritual disciplines. These are these trainings of our body that we do with our soul and spirit. We literally make our body to be driven as we sit in the car uh, in the driver's seat. We don't let our flesh control us. We control it. So we read the Bible. We keep our family in order. Number three, we memorize scripture. We journal from our soul what God is doing in us. We pray and worship. We participate in discipleship. We serve as Christians in this world. We do public evangelism like the disciples did to all the nations. We have spiritual meditation, meditating upon the word of God day and night, and financial stewardship, not letting money control us. And when we know and show the glory of God, we will grow in the goodness of God, the knowledge of God, the self-control of God, the perseverance of God, the godliness of God, God's character and morality, and the brotherly love or mutual affection of God, and in his very nature of love. You see, when I know, I will show and grow. Let that sink in. Peter says, you have faith as precious as ours. You have been given everything you need for a godly life. You participate, or another word is dance with the divine nature. And now you are to add these things to your life. And as you read the books of the Bible, especially the New Testament and the epistles written by the apostles, epistles are the letters, apostles are the people, you begin to see round about these ten things. I may be off a few. Some authors may point out others. But this is how we show the glory of God in us. Now, some of us may say to ourselves, I don't know if I'm ready to do those things. But you see, God has commanded you to do those things. He has said that these are the means of his grace. Everybody say the means of his grace. This is how God's grace is made real in our lives. When I, I'll just point out one because I have to get closing here. But listen, when I serve as a Christian, whether it's on the job, whether it's in this church, in my community, I grow in my identity because I begin to see the world through Christ's eyes. 
Jesus said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. You want to know what it's like to see the world from Jesus' perspective start to serve people. When you pray and worship, you will touch heaven and change earth. You will begin to see these things in your life change. The transformation comes. The renewing of your mind comes through these means of grace, or other words, God's commands. Look at here the scripture that Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. He said, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Is that not true? This was before Common Core when wrong answers were made right, and now everybody gets a trophy. How many remember the days when only the winners got trophies? That's the days of the Bible too, amen? You ain't getting to heaven because your mom and dad got there. You better run your race and make sure you get there. Are you listening? Only those who win get the prize. Now look what it says. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Listen, you are in a race in your life. You better run like you want to win. Nobody can make you win. Nobody can get you up in the morning to serve God. Listen to Paul, my friends. You are in a race. Only winners get the prize. Run in such a way to get that prize. Everyone competes in games, must go into strict training. Everyone, you want to look at an athlete doing well in their sports, they go into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. You like Michael Jordan, you like Kobe, you like all of them, great. They trained hard with their physical body, but their crown, their rewards will not last. But we do it, we do what? Strict training to get a crown that will last forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you want to know why I go into strict training spiritually? It's because I don't want no Burger King crown on Judgment Day. I want to crown the King of Kings with a crown that's worthy of the life that he gave me, the breath that he put in my lungs, the blood he put in my veins, in the strength of God. I want to love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and my neighbor as myself. I want to run, hallelujah. Anybody want to run and win in this world? Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I don't run like a chicken with their head cut off. Come on, baby. I run like I got somewhere to go. I run. Woo! I don't fight like a boxer just beating the air. Come on, devil. No, I strike a blow to my body, make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I'm so excited. Does anybody here want to live the God kind of life. Well, it's time to put your body into strict training and to tell the devil, you ain't going to get my flesh. My flesh is my slave, and it will do what I tell it to do. I'll bring my body to church. I will bring my body to read the Bible. I will bring my body out of a relationship if it's causing me to sin. I will bring my body up to this offering and give what God has given me. I will bring my body to this church and raise my hands in the air and say, you will praise Jesus. Because my body came from him, and it will serve him. This is my spiritual act of worship, my body as a living sacrifice. That's what we came to do. I'm tired of watching people run aimlessly into the wall. If you ever play video games, first-person shooter with people that don't know how to play, they'll get their guy stuck in the wall. And the guy will just be running like this, gun going all over the place. What you doing, Mike? I don't know. I can't control this thing. Start fighting the enemy. 
Amen. Start fighting the enemy. We've got gangs. We've got drugs. We've got perversion. We've got false religion in this city. Our weapons are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but they are mighty, and they will pull down the strongholds of this city. Chicago for Jesus, baby, all day, every day. That's what we need. We need people that want to get about it, about it for Jesus. Woo, I rep Christ. Who you rep? Praise God. I want you to see this in closing. Somebody say, you're going to wrap it up. Come on up here, please, someone on this keyboard. Come on, look at this. Thank you, Vinny. The grace of God and discipline and training. That's what we're going to talk about all these next couple of weeks because I want to get into these things. I just don't want to preach and holler. I want you to get it because you may leave out of here going, oh, I had so much fun. I had so much fun. What did the pastor talk about? I don't know, but he yelled a lot. And it got, it got intense, and then it got exciting, and then it got intense again. Listen, I, I want to come back and talk each week about reading your Bible, and then family order, and then scripture memorization. I want to take time to work and twerk this. Are you listening? I don't want anybody to make an excuse and say, well, I don't know how to go into strict training. Yeah, you do. The Bible's been given to you to equip you, man or woman of God, for every good work. Every good work the Word of God has been given to you so that you can do this. You are not going through this alone. By grace you've been saved. And by grace you will grow up in the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Training in righteousness. How many want to be trained to live righteous? Because God made you righteous. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for how many good works? For every good work. This is what Paul said. Paul said, it's all by grace. Remember, we read about that in Ephesians 2. But look at what he says here in Ephesians 15, 10. For by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. It's only by the grace of God we can become spiritually alive. And it's only by that grace that we can get up and work and do the things he called us to do. And the Bible says he's given it to us. Abounding, plentiful, without any lack. So what do I want you to think about today in closing? Is that God's grace wholly surrounds you in your spiritual growth. Grace to work hard. Grace to repent when you don't. Grace to forgive you. Grace to empower you not to sin. Grace to overcome temptation. Grace to be a father. Grace to be a mother. Grace to go back to your school, young people, tomorrow and live holy. Grace is going to surround you. Grace is going to be your power, your gas, what makes it happen. And so I want you to get it in your heart that it's by the grace of God the disciple is saved, sanctified, and spiritually grows. All God's grace. And what I love about this passage is this last part right here. He said, not I, not I, but the grace of God was in me, that was in me. Would you just close your eyes right now, please, and ask yourself, do I have the grace of God in me right now? Would you ask the Lord, if you don't, to have it?
If you don't have the grace of God, that means you're still living in rebellion and you need to be forgiven. Join the rest of us who have. But those of you who already know that you're saved, would you just start to thank him right now for the grace that you already have been given? And then if you need more to be applied to your life, would you be specific and say, God, I thank you for the grace that I have been using in my life. But, Lord, I realize these areas of weakness, and I ask you to apply your grace to empower me to know and to show so I can grow. I want to know you that I might show you so I can grow into who you made me to be. A few more moments right now. Grace. Grace all up in this place. Grace all up in this place. We're going to call the band up in just a moment with the altar workers, but grace is in this place. Grace means forgiveness. Grace means second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Grace means today that God loves you despite what you've done wrong. God loves me. God looks past our failures and mistakes and sees what the potential, who we can be in his son. Grace. No excuse, my friend. This pastor preached today so you could hear his word. No excuse for you to leave out here a sinner without God's grace. And Christian, adulterous, if you're an adulterous, a backslidden Christian, lukewarm, no excuse for you to leave out here today lukewarm, nearsighted, and blind. Christ will change you. Christ will remove the blinders from your eyes. Christ will set your soul on fire. Christ will empower you today. And if you're a growing Christian today, grace, 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 more grace. Grace upon grace upon grace, the Bible says Jesus came to give. Because I don't want you to get discouraged when you start to learn these spiritual disciplines. Don't you let the devil discourage you. You make a decision right now. I got saved by grace. I'm sanctified by grace. I'm going to grow up spiritually by grace. And I will enter the kingdom of God, the highway of holiness by grace. I'll be a father by the grace of God. I'll be a pastor by the grace of God. Altar workers and band, would you come please? If you believe in the grace of God, would you stand to your feet and give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Let's give it up for him because grace came through the person of Jesus. Come on, bless Jesus today. Jesus! 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 Hallelujah! Grace is a person, and his name is Jesus. Can you all look up at me before we dismiss? Thank you for your patience. I want to ask you a question. Do you have the grace of God? Because today, if I lowered the standard, it wouldn't be the best thing for you. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. If I preached to you something other than what God put on my heart this morning, it wouldn't be the best thing for you. But if today you're challenged and you're saying, I need to to be who God called me to be, or I need to do what God called me to do, I want you to come and get prayer today. Not that these men or women will save you. They're not your priests. But they are your brothers and sisters who will pray with you and be accountable with you and say, well, I've worked on those areas or maybe I've struggled with whatever. And they will be compassionate with you, loving with you, because we want to see everybody grow up. 
I want to say this illustration. I almost put up the picture in closing, but I wanted to have this illustration up, but I didn't want to make people stumble. But there are these Spartans out there. Anybody see the movie 300 or about the Spartans? And I was going to put those dudes up here, but I was like, I don't know, man. Those guys are kind of ripped. I don't want people to get their mind off Jesus, be looking at all these glistening dudes and whatever. But I want you to think about this. If you were born in Sparta, you were by your citizenship a Spartan. So you already had the title. But if you now wanted to fight with them, and especially in this society where the men went to war like that, you had to go and train and go through strict training to be that warrior. And that's why they were so powerful in small numbers. The moment you were born again, you became a child of God. You don't have to question that. He loves you. You didn't do that by yourself. God did that for you, for me. But now he says, I want you to be all that I called you to be. I want you to do these things because of who I made you to be. Does that make sense? And so all of us can be Spartans if we go into that strict training and live like it. But there was this one guy in the 300. He had a little hunchback. He was born deformed, you know. And he wanted to go to the battlefield with them. But they, they said, can you hold your shield like the rest of us? And he couldn't hold his shield. Now this is what they said to him. They said, you're still a Spartan. But what you can do is you can do this assignment. You can take the dead off the battlefield. You can sharpen our swords. You can do something, you know. But this guy got so mad and jealous because he couldn't do what they were doing, but should he felt he deserved to, that he then betrayed them, and then that's how they died. And I feel that's what a lot of bitter Christians are like. You see us trying to live holy, and then... You say, well, I want to come do that, do whatever. And then we show you, well, this is what we do. And then you, like, don't want to do it. And then instead of just humbling yourselves and repenting, you didn't want to try to tear us down. Once you hear a pastor preaching at us today, I bet you he don't always act like that at home. I bet you he's got a temper. Oh, oh I bet you he lusts too. Oh, I hey, we're all telling you we have. That's why we're in strict training. Did I tell you my flesh was made perfect? No, I didn't. I told you my soul and spirit was. That's why I make this body a slave. And now you can see how them Catholic priests got off and started whipping themselves. That's not what the Bible meant. He was talking figuratively, I beat myself. But that's what some of them started to do. They started to beat themselves. Hello. But no. Don't you tear us down if you don't want to do it. If you don't want to live holy, just march yourself out these doors and find first backslidden church and go there. But if you want to live holy, you come up here with all your mistakes and shortcomings and failures. You come up here just like all of us Spartans have, and you say, man, pray for me. I'm joining boot camp, and I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to stop making excuses for my stinky old flesh. I'm going to count it as crucified and live holy for Jesus. Amen? Do you want to do that? Joselito, you remind me of a Spartan. We're going to get ready to sing and close. Joselito, would you pray for our congregation? And as Joselito does, you guys can come up, and then we'll dismiss after he's done. Hallelujah. Father God, we just pray right now as a body at M uh, here at MPI, Metro Praise International. Father God, that we will continue to act and, 
and be, Father God, who you called us to be, Father God. And we will never, ever be the same again, Father God. Take us out of our comfort zone, Father God. Take us out of just being comfortable, Father God, here at church and just coming to church every week, Father God. We repent if we ever had that mindset right now, Father God. And we pray, Father God, for more of your power, more of your love, and more of your self-discipline, Father God, to come right now, Father God. And that MPI will never be the same again. And that, Father God, for the next 10, 50 years, Father God, we will continue to grow from generation to generation, Father God, of making disciples, Father God, always preaching the truth, always preaching the right gospel, Father God, not, Father God, what people want to hear, Father God, but, but what they need to hear, what they need in their life, Father God. Lord, Father God, be with each and every one of us, Father God, and may you take us out of our comfort zone. Let us continue to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, Father God, and take us, Father God, to a whole new level in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you want prayer, come on up. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. We're going to hang out and worship a little bit. Have a great week. God bless you, visitors. Have a safe trip to Alabama. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Is it Come on, if you need prayer or just hang out and worship. Otherwise, be blessed. We're going to live like God made us to be. We're going to live holy. Would you sing that one more time? Oh, your love, your love, and your love is extravagant. Your friendship, your friendship, it If you're waiting for prayer, just hang out. We'll get to you shortly. Just worship with us in the meantime. To the rhythm of your, your grace, your fragrance is intoxicated in a secret place. And your love is extravagant. It's extravagant. Your friendship is extravagant. Your friendship. Your fragrance is intoxicated in a secret place. Come on, now we're gonna sing out, I'm new, cause you made me new. Is extravagant. I'm new, cause you made me new. I'm new, cause you made me new. I'm new, cause you made me I will never be the same Cause I'm new cause you made me new hey. Cause I'm new cause you made me new Cause I'm new cause you made me new I will never be the same Jesus have mercy on us Lord Cause I'm new cause you made me Thank you God yes. May I'm we all live for you, you me, Yes God give us I'm your grace
Cause you made me new Cause you made me new And I will never be the same One more time I'm new cause you made me new I'm new Cause you made me new I'm new cause you made me I will never be the same For those who are just hanging out God bless you This is what we call the after party It's a place to sing, worship, pray and just get closer to God. And I just want to share with you today, you were born again into royalty. You were birthed into a holy nation. The Bible says you are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You were born again into royalty. You were born to be a peculiar people, a strange people, 